Welcome back to another episode of the Position Podcast. Myself, Stuart Court, and as ever, Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we? Oh, I'm just peachy, Stuart. How are you? I'm all right. I also changed the intro deliberately uh, there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, that was uh, the NFL season is back. The Seahawks are back, and uh, the Seahawks are bad, Adam. (laughs) Oh, it's the problem is, right? It, it it wouldn't stun me if the Seahawks ended up having a good year, right? And then, not that anyone's listening, but you don't want to have anything you say sort of clipped from September in January when you're hoisting championship trophies with people saying, look at these fucking idiots. They they, they thought that the Seahawks were going to go 4-13 and 13 and Pete Carroll should be fired. And now look at us in January. So it's quite a weird situation to be in after the first game because all of your instincts when it comes to sport and watching sport and how you think your team are would be like defcon one what (laughs) on earth have we just seen but equally it is week one and it's a long season so i'm finding it hard when i'm thinking about what i'm going to say to balance what's fair to say in week one versus what is fair to say about the team yeah, capital T, capital T, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not going to be calling for anyone to be fired. It was just, um, it's quite a bad, not even a full game. It's quite a bad two hours, 45 minutes, probably. Uh, yeah, it was, um, it's like, I, I, I'm not as in tune with, which is quite good, I see what's pub, but I'm not quite as in tune as I once was or once were. Uh, with off-season stuff, didn't really pay much attention. I saw the Jake Bobo stuff, or was it Bo Squared? I think I saw on socials last week. Um, so like, it's all like, oh, cool. It sounds like there's a bit of chat. I saw Ryan Clark. I saw other people um, talk about the Seahawks like a dark horse in the NFC. Um, so it's like, okay, cool. And then it was like watching that yesterday. It was like, ah, oh, nah. Uh, that like that's like my expectations were vague. Like it's when like you're locate when you're in a when you're in a tunnel and your location on your Google Maps doesn't work great. Like the the circle is massive, <laughs> and that's kind of like what my expectations were on the season. And like watching that yesterday, it's like oh yeah, now like the expectations need to be uh, shuffled up a bit. I think I think we'll restart. We'll I think that's kind of what today and this week and probably until they play next week against Detroit's going to be because the NFC isn't what it was because Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady ain't here but this year but the Cowboys put 40 up on the Giants Detroit went to the banner wheeled in Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs on Thursday night Uh, the 49ers just toasted the Steelers Um, yeah so like the the path is paved differently, but it's also paved with like um, the same landmines and stuff. And that's not how you approach it because we made we made the Rams look like, or the Rams look like a team that could add to those landmines. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the Seahawks were, I guess, written in in pen as sort of the second tier of NFC teams this year. So mm. obviously, the Niners and the Eagles, I think, were everyone's consensus one and two, and then. You know, you had a lot of people saying 
is it impossible that the Seahawks are then the best of the rest? And I don't think you had that much pushback. You wouldn't have got that much pushback if you said that in a number of places. So I guess it's about how much of that can you throw out after one game without it sort of seeming like disingenuous ranting, which I understand certainly a lot of, you know, people very very angry last night and you would be after you've watched that and the dust hasn't settled but it is tomorrow now after the game (laughs) and I don't know like there's that there's that part of me that thinks what everything told me what everyone told me and I you know I've been negative about the team I I didn't think they were going to be that great but everyone's telling me that they are going to be this you know a potential NFC contender so how much of that am I going to throw out because is it yeah, that's a horrific loss. At home. Yeah. What was it? Five point five and a half points? Well, five or six point favourites at home. Yeah. To a team without a receiver who's got 3,000 yards over the last three years. Yeah. That, yeah. Like without without a receiver of any pedigree, because ultimately Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson are the sort of players that you're not going to, they're not going to be drafted in 12 team fantasy leagues. Put it that way. Right. And and like the one who got hundred yards was what a sixth round pick. Yeah. From, from the wide receiver university that is known as BYU. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I I guess the question is like, Oh, what's, what's the fair thing to do when you're looking at the team's expectations? Like, are you able to just draw a line under it and say, look, this was an absolute disaster and it's on to Detroit? Or do you look at it and say, fucking hell, like, are you really going to put yourself in the category of the Lions who have gone into Kansas City and won? Like the game that you're supposed to be the sacrificial lamb, really. You're supposed to be like mm. the good team that's put up to get pumped on that on the opening day. And you know, Dallas have gone in and destroyed the Giants. On a, in a game that a lot of Giants fans and a lot of people in general thought the Giants might win, you know, is it disingenuous to put yourself on the same level as teams like the Cowboys and the Lions? And even the Packers, maybe, who have, you know, have gone into Chicago against a lot of the odds, I would say, and really taken care of business. So I don't know. It's such a hard one because if this was week nine or week 10, I'd be frothing at the mouth with, with anger at what I'd just seen. But it just feels like it just feels like a bit of a waste of energy to sound off now. Like yeah. it just, you're going early. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But also like DK, I think Gino said that the Rams wanted it more, but what, what are the team going to be like when they have back to back Thursday night games, which they made such a, some of them made <laughs> such a fuss about when the schedule came out back in May, what are they going to be like down the road? What are they going to be like after playing a 10 AM game this Sunday against a team who just won at the Super Bowl champion? Uh, against the quarterback who's give us stupid amount of jitters in the past and Jared Goff and oh, uh, Amamra St. Brown is going to just feast the same way that Puka Nakua and Tutu did last night because it was just the same thing over and over again. You, you mentioned like the expectations on the team and how people, like there's no pushback. What was this team held up as being good for? It was the quarterback, it was the receivers, and I guess it was the defence. But even that seemed to be like, had a few holes in it because of just the injuries to Brooks and Jamal, the age of certain players and just the complete unknowns of second-year players or rookies and injured rookies at that. But 
Like no receiver had over fifty yards. Gino just Gino looked like post Halloween Gino last year, which is potentially the biggest concern. So if like the run game was bad for the first try, and then it kind of sorted itself out. Like the run defense, even sorry. Um, but like the Stafford's pass chart and like next gen stats and all that, it's just it's it's the same spot on the field. Like they and the Amaral St. Brown thing this weekend is just but like the the Gino thing is like the the strongest anchor which I think could drag on the seabed for the next six days. Well, my favourite in the most inverted of commas radio host on Seattle Radio uh, declared in last week that the Seahawks had three great inside linebackers in Wagner, Jordan Brooks and Devin Bush. Because Bobby Wagner is Bobby Wagner, therefore he must be great. Jordan Brooks is a first-round pick and Devin Bush is a first-round pick from Pittsburgh who just got unlucky with injury. So I think that, was, that there were people who were declaring that, you know, that was a position of strength and your outside linebackers were strong. And yeah, the, you know, the part, the nose tackles and defensive, um, defensive tackles is probably a bit weak, but the, you know, the secondary is so good that they should be able to blanket anyone. And everyone knows now that secondary is what causes sacks up front because you make the quarterback wait the extra second. So I think people thought they were probably quite strong there. But as you say, you know, Bobby Wagner was basically fired by the Seahawks because they didn't think he was good enough two years ago. Mm. Um, that might be a bit harsh of a thing to say, but I don't think it's you know that out of order. Or right. 18 months, March. They fired him because yeah. they didn't think he was up to it. Uh, and now he's back. And yeah, like it was great that he got such a great reception and, you know, Vibes FC, a, a thrill to have a player like Bobby <laughs> back. But... You know, the vibes don't put points on the board ultimately. Um, and actually, I'm really pleased that you mentioned that thing about Gino saying that they wanted it more. Like, I don't know if he, I think he gets off on like saying, like trying to be a bit more open, but what the fuck are you saying that for? And DK said it. Yeah. What are you doing? It's like, for one. me, that's, it's for me, that's one. the, that's by far, yeah, that, that for me is by far the most worrying and or disappointing thing about the whole thing that you would, even if you thought it, the fact that you have the freedom to just say it, like, and and basically, I haven't seen much pushback about it. Like, it, no. it's unacceptable for that to happen. No, I mean, it's you- week one of the season of a year that you've got half a chance of really doing something, and you're just going out there and saying that your division rivals wanted to win more than you, and you think that's like an okay thing to what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but don't don't talk about wanting to come out of the game as a starting pitcher in your second season of baseball because that <laughs> will get pushed back. Um uh yeah like but it, it showed like I think mean, I tweeted last night that the only time this team started showing aggression was when the game was over and DK was getting taunting penalties was there was another one does Quandre get one as well? Yeah Quandre I mean, did I think he was annoyed at his Madden rating and he was sounding off to the yeah. referee about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Uh yeah, it's just like there's there's going to be some people like as, as, as much as not to read too much into a 17 point week one home defeat against division rival without their best player on offense um, <laughs> and with no one with basically one player on defense. Uh, uh, but other than that, Stuart. DK DK is going to be scapegoated to Hal this week on the uh, wonderful apology uh, radio show on Breakfast 
um, uh, in Seattle this morning, probably already being scapegoated by um, Fox Sports, college football's number three um, analyst. Probably should edit all this out, but never mind. Um, I have to say, by the way, it is obviously, you know, I'm not particularly impressed with DK's comments after the game, but it is amazing that, like, like, your oh. Greg Bells, etc. <laughs> they just as soon as DK has a taunting penalty, it's like that's his seventh penalty given away in the last year, and four of him for taunting or unsportsmanlike conduct. I have to say that I really do not give a fuck if players I, give away penalties for stuff like that. No, and it's like, made out like it's this massive deal, and it's a you know shows badly on your character. People get so caught up about taunting penalties and unsportsmanlike conduct. There, I think we know from speaking to enough, you know, we've been lucky enough to speak to enough players about the intensity of what goes on on the game and ex- to expect these humans to be robots that switch emotion on and off like a, you know, like a tap with overly officious refereeing in the first place. Like, give over. There's so much more stuff you can talk about if you actually wanted to be journalists and like, di- you know, have a go at Pete Carroll about why the defense has started out the year bad. I haven't seen anything about that. But no, D- DK got a taunting penalty. That's the crime of the century. Who gives a fuck? The, the quarterback completed 16 passes for 112 yards. Three yards, Stuart. I think Peter Crouch is three yards tall. <laughs> uh, yeah, like DK, I mean, people seem to be framing that the DK was like a delayed taunting flag, uh, flag for the hit on Keller Witherspoon. But he was clearly jawing and... Uh, maybe a grab, a crotch grab in the midst of it at the sideline. Like the m- m- most annoying bit about that was how they celebrated it. Like <laughs> it, it's, that was the thing. Yeah, it's ju- it just came. Everything just came too late. And the week one division rival, and, and you, yeah, that's the, the team just has. I don't know. It just has no juice, which is probably why one reason they signed Bobby back to try and like. Reclaim some of that, and you've still got you got DK and Tyra been here a while. You've got the clearly quite good rookie in JSN who, yeah, who got just just nothing to work with really uh, last night. Um, yeah, this, but that's it, that. I mean, that's that's an imp- interesting thing though, because Puka Nakua, you know, obviously he played in the state of Washington, so people would have heard of him in the stadium. But if it was just a random. Kansas State wide receiver mm. in the sixth round that had just pitched up. No one would have heard of this guy. And because of scheme, because of a quarterback who is genuinely legit when he's healthy enough to play, because of players that massively buy into McVeigh. And I think that's been a really under-discussed topic all week about why this was going to be a tough game. Like McVeigh gets mega, mega buy-in from his guys, particularly against Seattle every time. Like it's never easy against those slags. <laughs> Um, I mean, Jeff Fisher used to get buy-in against the Seahawks. 100%. Anytime you see that logo, it's tough against that team, whether they're St. Louis, whether they're Los Angeles, wherever they are, they always give us a hard game. And I don't know, it just shows you, I, th- I think in we're so dependent and talking about the names and and this and that, but, you know, if, <sighs> the, the scheming and, and the, the will to win, is it will always be the most important thing, I think. And, you know, it, it's like, yeah, JSN is going to be, I'm sure he's going to be really good. I mean, and, yeah. and, you know, he he obviously looks incredible in practice playing against air. 
but then the other team also get to play too. And it's, it, you know, it's just unrealistic to expect this guy as a rookie in the Seattle system of all systems to just come in and be like a 1300 yard receiver. Like, you know, like it seemed that some are expecting. It's just not realistic. Yeah. Cause even DK with it, like the whole, um, or around him in year four, five, but he didn't really get going until November, Thanksgiving. But by that time in his rookie year, he didn't really, his breakout was a playoff game. Um, yeah, it's like if, if Jake Bobo would have done what Nakua did yesterday, like it'd be unbearable on every social media platform. But yeah, it's just the the, the DK. I was scrolling through the like the hashtags and the Facebook groups and stuff this morning and this afternoon. It's kind of like, oh, here we go. Yeah, DK, 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 DK. It's like the quarterback through 112 yards in three hours of game, and the other one through for. Almost three hundred seventy, three hundred sixty. I think Stafford threw for. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they have one name. They have one vaunting name on defense. We have uh, apparently one, three maybe. Quandre, Bobby, and uh, I mean, when you spent a lot of money on defensive tackle and free agency, you kind of want. I didn't. I don't. Did he play yesterday? Trey he, had, he had an offside, and that was about it. I mean, what are we doing? And DK's the one getting, like, yeah, and DK's the one getting all flat. Well, the game was over already when he did it. It didn't matter that we lost. Yeah, I mean, and also, like, you've got three first round picks, you know, or the usage of three first round picks, you know, unavailable, which is annoying. Yeah, the, the Jamal Adams' PR was done for him yesterday because, like, it's been a year now since we last saw him play. We have no idea what his defense is going to look like with him, but. It'll be hard to look worse, and that juice, like every criticism of Jamal that is out there, is legit in whichever way. But like he brings juice, he brings that swagger, like the play hard kind of thing. He does, like you can't fault him for that part of it because he does like swag around, saunter around, and everything else. So maybe he's missed, but it's been that long now. <laughs> no one can really remember. Yeah, I mean, he is full sort of Arteta performative nonsense. But if that's what gets you going, then great. Yeah, because the, the, they didn't have that on defence yesterday. I don't remember one. I think apart from uh, Jerome Reed after the when he blocked the field goal and then seemingly seeming to shout, uh, "This is my city." Apart from that, there was fuck all, especially on the defensive side. I mean, DK looked like Doug Baldwin on his touchdown catch, which was quite cool. Um. But yeah, it's just it was so oddly flat and such a not not that I was in like a, a Seahawks coma, but the a wake up call which was yeah, the expectation is it's gonna need to be shuffled about a bit, but yeah. Um but it, it's like the there's a there seems also to be a lot of stuff about like league wide stuff from yesterday, because obviously the Bengals just completely that was awful. Um the Eagles kind of escaped Bill Belichick. A bit. I mean, he shut out, uh, got a, and kind of kept Jalen Hurts in check. It was more of Matt Jones's mistakes. Also, we talked about the Cowboys. Um, it kind of seemed like a theme league round, which is maybe going to give a bit more wiggle room. But yeah, seventeen point defeat to a division rival in Week One at home is uh, yeah the 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 yeah the, the, the PR is going to be overdrive this week. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing that I'm I'm struggling to separate 
what I think about the team off the back of it versus whether you just look at it in a, a week one isolation. And it's one of those things where I'm sure, oh, here we go. The gardeners are going very good next door. Terrific. Um, I'm sure everyone in that locker room sort of wants today to be next Sunday and they can get at it again and uh, hopefully prove a lot of people wrong. And ooh, I don't know. I mean, if they, if they lose by double digits next week, is that, ooh. you know, they went, they went 0-2 to start the 14 season when they end up in the Super Bowl. But if they go 0-2, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. The year after they went 0-2, I think. <laughs> Yeah, because they won their, they won opening night against the Packers when they won the Super yeah. Bowl champions. Um, so yeah, forget that. Um, but if they go and two next week and it's another bad loss against another NFC team, is that when you start looking at expectations and a bit of management? Because I feel like if you have two bad losses in a row against teams that you're supposed to be in and around or better than, it starts to get alarming. Yeah, and like. The 17 point defeat is likelier next week than it probably was, um, well, it was yesterday. So that will also be, that will again come into the conversation for the wonderful apologists and all this. So, because it, it would just be, yeah, it's just going to be PR for the next two weeks or so, I think, because it's just, it was so bad. I, I, I went to bed thinking we lost 24 30 or 23 13. I didn't realize it scored again. <laughs> until like uh, two hours ago, um, this is just it's inc- incredible, absolutely. Just like the, last last year, the week one we had the emotion, the which Pete clearly played into and played into it brilliantly against the Broncos. But even that was a slowish stuff. Like when you look at what happened to the Broncos for the rest of the year, beating that squad and that coaching staff by two points was not great but the emotion kind of won the day kind of thing yesterday there was just again as we keep going back to none of it which is maddening well it's arizona not arizona sorry atlanta carolina oakland yesterday that's all in the last 11 months home defeats where you walk away from your TV or the game, wherever you've been, just in disbelief that they've lost to that team in the manner that they had. And albeit a lot of those games sort of went the distance because of, you know, you know, the offense maybe clicked into game more than the defense, but they got trounced on the ground in in, in those games. And yesterday they got absolutely battered in the air. Um <laughs> yeah, it, it it does make you worry a bit about, about the general balance of of the whole operation that if you're know, stopping one is leading you to look like that for the other, that's not particularly sustainable. Yeah, the, the only thing about the passing game, maybe this is me, is it was literally the same thing over and over again. So it wasn't <laughs> like they were beaten, um, like they weren't bleeding from every orifice, they were just bleeding from one specific one. So that's kind of all right, I think. Like, I, like, I will bow down to the people who watch the tape and understand it more. I thought Julian Love had a pretty good game. I text uh, our mutual Giants fans that Julian Love is everywhere. But I think he, he to me, the untrained eye, I thought he had a pretty good game and quite comfortably probably the best defensive player. So he wouldn't look like someone who was a bit undercooked after injuries in the offseason. 
and during camp, um, Quandary went the wrong way on like two plays. Um, talked about the linebackers. There was Draymond Jones's name I didn't hear. Trey Brown got benched twice, I think. Obviously, that'd be that'd be passed off as a rotational thing, but it was yeah. But I don't know. I think the only good thing to come from it, it was just one thing. So you'd hope they'd coach up on it, but the position and the players who were in that position suggests that this could be uh, some somewhat of a repeat offender for the uh, for the season, and particularly this week. I'm, you're almost tired thinking about it already, and it's barely sort of finished 18 hours ago. Yeah. Um, because I think the the best case scenario is that it's just a complete aberration where they made mistakes that should never and won't ever happen again. But that might be wishful thinking, and maybe this yeah. just isn't going to be a great team. But either way, it's it's frustrating in a way because there's just no way of knowing until we see have more of a sample size. But that was such a bad thing to see that the reactions are always going to be huge, not over the top, because they deserve everything they get, but they're going to be extreme. Yeah. And, but, yeah, offensively, outside the quarterback, I thought JSN is very limited. Uh, limited, but he had two catches for, like, five yards. Um, but he looked decent. DK's touchdown was cool. Walker looked quite good. Charbonnet's usage was bizarre. Um but yeah, just it's on the quarterback and the, the lack of conversation that I've seen on the quarterback being terrible again after how he ended last season, particularly is just it's just not it's yeah it should be the the be all and end all of the conversation and so far what I've seen it hasn't been it's been our well, DK got a fifteen yard flag where it was a ten point game with ninety seconds to go or whatever it was it's. Yeah, but I, I mean, they are, they are I, still asking a lot of young players, um, and perhaps yeah. that is. I mean, also un- we did unreasonable we to a point. You know, your two running backs are second year and first year. Jackson with the but is first year. There's loads of young players in the secondary. Like these guys always look amazing in training camp, playing against each other, going at seventy percent, and you know, offense always going to look great at that, at that point, and playing against air on routes at the quarterback throwing. Of course, they're going to look great. So maybe there needs to be a bit of expectation reality in the sense that they have so many young players that's going to take longer to to sort of make it work. But if that's the case, then they should have started the process two or three years ago, so that we didn't just have a dead period of four or five years of nothing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just you can, I think you can just tell when a player look. I, I, I thought Walker looks like a proper, but the Chardonnay was just weird usage. But I guess that might have been scoreboard stuff as well. But um, before yesterday, would you have put Matthew Stafford above Gino? And if so, how far? I would say that Matt Stafford has the potential to be a top 10 quarterback, whereas I don't think Gino does. So, so yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I would have him above. I would so, have him above. Because I think the people who say, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think Stafford, I think Stafford's a better quarterback for, for what what he did yesterday. Like he picked, he picked at a spot relentlessly. But, um, yeah, but I think there's a lot of people who would answer that question yes today who – are probably lying. But I, I think Stafford is more of a Hall of Fame contender than someone like Matt Ryan or even Phil Rivers, to be honest. 
well, yeah, and Stafford has won the Super Bowl, which carries a lot of weight as well. And I, I agree, but I think a lot of people, you know, it, think it, that longevity of Phil Rivers and someone, you know, is vaunted straight in there. But here's a question: Eli, Eli or Stafford? The whole, Eli, the cold jacket. Is that a Super Bowl thing? Yeah, but that's two against Brady. Yeah, yes. And I think, like, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, but I was thinking that watching yesterday, a lot of people would, would have thought that we had the quarterback edge yesterday, which is yeah, wild for so many reasons. But Stafford just showed why he is, why he stuck around the league so long. Um, well, look, Gino's going to have to... It's, the Gino contract, the Gino contract is in, is really interesting because if he has many more games like that, then a lot of those uh, escalators become further and further away, and he needs to sort of force and push for them a little bit. And I'm I, I'm not saying that he would, but there is a human nature element to the fact that if he now knows that he needs an extra, you know, if, if he's going to need to throw three touchdowns a game instead of two touchdowns a game for the last three games or whatever to earn potentially two million dollars. <laughs> it's just interesting. Um and the pass, you know, he only had 112 passing yards yesterday. I, I would venture that's much lower than any game he had last year, I I would think. I can't imagine one lower. Um so yeah, I mean the I mean look I think I've said enough or we've we've plenty said plenty of our pieces about what we think about Juno Smith and it's not always been hugely positive and I don't I haven't seen enough yet to dissuade me from that, especially given how the back end of last season finished. You know, the Seahawks are three and seven in the last ten games. Yeah, and I saw a start, I think there was it own four against quarterbacks in a run who have started their actual quarterback. Going <laughs> for the last four, Stafford and Dustin, the three backups, and got handily uh, dealt with uh, as well. Um, yeah, it's just, the, the, yeah, this could be interesting because the team got booed off the field in week one at home. <laughs> I saw a few that. In, not great, Bob. No, not great. Um, in uh, inverted commas, are uh, super fans moaning about the atmosphere at the stadium yesterday, which. Is what it is, that. but but it's also 112 passing yards from the quarterback. It's not going to get the juice flowing. Like the players, the players just didn't bring any juice to this. The, I'm guessing the the stadium didn't because it was just yeah, it was uh yeah, just kind of we're going around in circles uh, a bit here. Uh, Detroit this week though. That's um. So glad I'm working till ten thirty on Sunday night. <laughs> it's, it's it's not gonna be an enjoyable few hours, I don't think, is it? Like it's where well, it might be. Yeah. I just don't see a way that it would be. <laughs> no, look, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. When, when was the Lions game last year? Was that week three as well? Was that week three? Or was it a bit later on it, than that? It, yeah, it was like I think it was mid October. Right, because obviously they had the utter pumping at the hands of San Francisco in yeah. week two last year, and the Lions game wasn't too far after that, yeah. in which they looked like a proper team again. So look, maybe they're going to... It's only your fandom that would say that they're going to win that game, having looked yeah. at how the two teams have performed so far, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the the, the Vegas spread has got a boosted... Well, I think it's basically a coin flip game is now I think six and a half to the Lions 
mm-hmm. which is Lions, Seahawks over the last decade. That's that's mad. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. It just is. It, what what an awful sporting weekend. Yeah. There's no there's no Ange ball for you. We all have to suffer through Southgate ball with the dynamic players with their back to goal, playing sideways and slow. Mariners absolutely dumped their kecks again. Yeah, but yeah, pitch counts were everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, a terrible, terrible international break. Um, and then England are probably going to lose to Scotland tomorrow. Would not give a flyer. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 not give. I pretend to give a damn about rugby uh, at work on Saturday. It's not really oh, painful. God, that is, I mean, that <laughs> you think you've sunk low, and then you've got that. That's that's as low as it gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anything else from the NFL weekend or the sporting weekend, Adam? I think everything that's been said about so far has been said. If we can try and get an interview later on in the week, we will endeavour to do so for the loyal listener. Yeah. See what we can get. But yeah, um, we had to get, had to get something in the books today for, uh, after that cluster. Yeah. I would, I've, I've, on England, I don't think I've ever been more annoyed about an England qualifier ever. <laughs> it was so bad. You got James Madison, you got even bring Rashford Foden and you got on with their back to goal. And the striker was I don't know, I won't say his name in these parts anymore. Um was <laughs> in, in his own half more often than he was in the opposing part. It was just so so bad. Um but maybe maybe instead of Arsenal Wenger, Pete Carroll's Southgate kind of maybe that's maybe. maybe that's maybe maybe it's all, all those great, great names rolled into one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone for the bin? I think we've just done 40 minutes of the bin, haven't we? Yeah, that's fair. Anyone else for the bin? Anyone else for the bin? Uh, funny seeing Broncos lose again. It was. And the same scoreline they lost week one last year. Yeah, I tell you what is weird. Very weird, actually, is people that were fervently rooting against the Broncos last year, obviously, who are now like, well, we haven't got their pick anymore, so I'd like Russell to do well. Nah, fuck him. Yeah, what? Yeah. Like, if... Yeah, nah. It's such a weird... Dyn- I, it's, it's it's also funny, because Sean Payton is a... Is a bell well. piece. Yeah, like, it's just the combined... Like, Hackett was useless, but he was inoffensive. In his yeah. Like, he's he's annoying. Like, the Sean Payton pout was not missed um, last year. I didn't really see it, but um, because too busy enjoying the Seahawks game to watch the late window. <laughs> but um, like um, Mike McDaniel may maybe uh, that what a way to start the season. I mean, the, the Tyreek stuff is like that's going out and talking and talking and going out immediately and backing it up. Things. Well, he wanted like to break the records and get three thousand yards and all this, and he started it with you know blaze of glory. I think. Of all the coaches I could have, yeah, Mike yeah, yeah, Daniel yeah. is yeah, my, yeah, yeah. yeah, is my absolute dream one. Yeah, definitely. definitely he is, definitely, as someone definitely. said to me, the Ange ball of the NFL. <laughs> That's class. Yeah, uh, nah. He just like every story you hear about him from podcast dancer and people who played with him and everything else. It's just like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. I think the the Ange, the Ange stuff. That's quite. That's quite a nice. Quite, it fits quite well. Uh, yeah, just baseball. You can put baseball. I mean, what the hell was that from after 
George Kirby comes out and says that he want he want he didn't really feel like he should have pitched into the seventh, eighth, yeah, seventh, and then gave up a go ahead home run and then voice his opinion because like like, like you said with what DK and Gina said about not being not wanting it enough in week one. There's been absolutely nothing about that, but George Kirby got roasted. The baseball just continues to get in its own way. And also the Angels coming out yesterday and say, well, if Mike Trout wants to be traded, we will trade him. I was like, well, no, that's just, that's just, no, no, he wanted it. No, it's like in six months. <laughs> yeah, baseball just has some of the wrong stupid aspects to it in all of, uh, in all of, um, Sport can think of the word sport then. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything there, isn't it? I mean, 40 nil on Sunday Night Football at home is quite spectacular. Yeah. yeah, that is that is something, Ben. Yeah, and then Kadarius Tra- Tony, Kadarius Tony Instagramming about the Giants losing is also quite funny. Yeah, given and, uh, how badly he played on Thursday night. And DraftKings putting up a uh, never forget parlay, uh, on 9 11 is. <laughs> yeah, um, and at least make the odds nine eleven for goodness sake. Yeah, I mean sixty five is it's not great for a treble, but for those three teams, it's not not bad. But yeah, the irony obviously being that the Jets aren't actually from New York at all, and the Bills are. <laughs> that's a very good point. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's something. So we might do another part of later in a week. If not, we might be back next week. Maybe probably just re-publish uh, this episode. I think that feels like the likeliest outcome of next hey, week. we'll be here when we're here, and you'll be lucky to have us when we are. And that's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, massive thanks to uh, Swedish Golf for winning me some money over the last nine days or so. Ludwig and... <laughs> And Vincent, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, but in, in this ped, ped pod is available all usual means and methods Spotify, iTunes, Pod, Bean. Uh, uh, enjoy the week, enjoy the game next Sunday if you don't come back later in the week. Uh, yeah, this has been the Position Podcast. Go Hawks.